And the Lord added to the church daily yeah. such as should be saved. Want to just so uh, thank you for all that we do for the cause of Christ and just for doing what God uh, requires you to do. And that is to come and worship him in spirit and in truth. Um, I'm here actually at 8 o'clock because I have to preach down at the Inner City Church of Christ at this morning at 10 a.m. So I asked Brother Fray to the switch and he do the 11 and I'll do the 8 o'clock on this morning because I have a discipleship message that I wanted to bring on this day. Also, um, I didn't know last night I was going to get a call. I was at Virtue and the Virtue in Christ Ladies Conference went very well. Uh, all weekend long, sisters was on cloud nine. And I'm so thankful that great fellowship, when it happens, happens in a way that keeps keep us bonded and keep us unified all over the country for the cause of Christ. They actually had 50 congregations all the way up from Boston, all the way down through Richmond, Virginia, that were represented at the conference. And, and we're so thankful that Connecticut and Rhode Island and Massachusetts and New York and New Jersey came down to the woman's conference that to continue to keep us uh, unified for the cause of Christ Jesus. Um, and after a long day, and, and I, I was up there uh, vending for the Bible college, and they made a mistake and put me next to Sister Franklin. And, and she had it going on at the next table, lights and glitter and banners and stuff laid out and cards and ink pens and all that stuff. And I just had books. <laughs> <laughs> she had the lines. I had books. <laughs> they smiling and happy and sign this for me, girl. Nobody asked me to sign nothing. <laughs> so I just walked over and I took a picture of her site. <laughs> I said, teaching time. I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna give me some pens. <laughs> We thank God just for all that he's done for us to his glory and to his name. And after that long day, because I had to come home and run around and teach the NBBIC class and all that stuff. But about uh, 7 o'clock, finally, 6 o'clock, when I say I'm down for the evening, I'm going to rest and get ready for tomorrow. I got a phone call from the hospital that a family was there and they had to make a decision about their mother. So I had to get up and get going and get down to the hospital and stay down there till 11 o'clock last night. And, um, and it still uh, we didn't get enough data in to be able to make the decision that, um, uh, 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 that they're trying to make. And we, and we don't want to rush it and make the wrong decision. So I got to go back down there uh, today around 3 o'clock and be with them and see uh, what thus said the Lord and just help them to make a difficult decision about whichever way this is going to go. So pray for the um, uh, Merriweather Hicks family that they will um, uh, uh, just make a decision for the cause of Jesus Christ and that uh, the gospel can be evangelized at the same time with them. Is that all right, church? Um, so we're just so thankful to that and for all that God has done. Um, how you, everybody doing good this morning? Yeah. My goodness, I'm looking down the audience. I'm ready for y'all. The way Brother Franklin was saying, I said, well, they have a good time in the morning. <laughs> I looked out there, y'all was like this. <laughs> I said, okay. Okay, okay, okay. But guess what? The Bible right. God is good. And there is a word from the Lord on this morning. Open up your Bible to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. 
verses 43, 44, and 45, which was so ably read into our hearing by Brother Bill. And good to have Brother, uh, Brother Bill, Sister Amber, back in the house, got the new baby sitting over there and got the baby. Uh, you know, they had to go back to the hospital a couple of times with the baby, but everything's settled down now. So thank God. Let's pray for them and the family that God will continue to bless them and continue to be with them. They got the whole row up there taken up. I like that. God is a good God. Yes, he is. The Bible said in Luke chapter 8, verses 43, 44, and 45. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which has spent all of her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the borders of his garments, and immediately her issue of blood stenched. And Jesus said, who touched me? And when all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee, and saith thou, who touched me? Wow. When you look here and understand God's word, the Bible, here's what I want you to know. Everybody from time to time needs a touch. A touch from one another, a touch from family, a touch from the master. And I want you to know also that when we talk about the whole mindset of this text, we're reading in this text today and we're understanding in this text today that in the first century, there were some things that were going on that because Jesus was on the scene, he was able to display his power as being the son of God. And I want to let you know that even today, he's still able to show his power as being the son of God. It just was back then because we didn't have the word of God to continuously pump us faith. He would give them a miracle whenever he believed that they had lost their focus. That's why he would often do a miracle on the Sabbath day. Because when he would bring a teaching, he knew the teaching would be so new and so strong and so sometimes confusing that he had to get them back that he was the Messiah by doing a wonder, a miracle, a wonderful thing that made them say, even though I don't understand what he said, I can't understand, I, I can't deny the power. When you look and understand who God is and what God is, if you're keeping notes today, the title of the sermon is When You Need a Touch. When You Need a Touch. Now, when we talk about when you need a touch, first of all, we have to understand that uh, touching, is, that, that's kind of ambiguous, touching. But what do you mean when you say when you need a touch? Well, how is phrased, and depending upon a phrase, sometimes we understand that just because you're in a crowd and people are bumping into you, we don't consider that a touch. We consider that a bump. Is that all right? And many times when we talk about touching, then there is the touch. But behind that touch, we understand that there's a purpose. When I grab Brenda's hand and touch her hand, that's not a bump. That's a touch. Because it signifies a closeness. It signifies a bond or it signifies a purpose, a resolve. And then there is that 
touch that we talk about when we say, Lord, I need a touch. That touch we're talking about is we need a touch of faith. We need a touch of, of understanding. We need a touch of belief. And then we understand also there's that touch of communication. And that's the point I want to hit here when we go through when we go through storms in our life and we feel like we all by ourselves. We need our brothers and sisters to give us a touch. That's a touch of encouragement. There's a touch of understanding, a touch of comfort, a touch of let me walk this 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 tough time with you. Let me be there for you as you go. through. Let me touch you. When you understand and you look at the text here, I believe here that these individuals who are now going to come to Jesus in our text from 41 all the way up to 48 are individuals in that category. What we have here is we have verse 41 and behold, there came a man named Jarius and he was the ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus feet and begged him that he would come unto his house. Now, this story is mentioned in several Gospels. So if you read Mark 5 and 23, it is said, come in my house and touch my daughter. Because he believed in his mind that the only way you can get power from Jesus was for Jesus to physically touch you. He didn't realize that God is powerful enough that he does not have to come down from heaven and touch you so you don't know he with you. He does not have to come down here and, and shake you so you don't know he with you. He left you a letter. He left you paperwork. He left you a promise that if you ever need a touch, just call me. Jairus thought that the only way my sick daughter is going to get healed is if Jesus come physically to my house and touch her. So Jesus, because of who he is, he played along and got up and said, if that's where your faith is, if your faith is limited, I actually physically got to go and do this, then I'm going to do it for your sake. Not because I have to. I could speak a word and say, daughter, be healed. And she'd be healed. But Jairus, since your faith requires me to come to your house and touch her, then I will accommodate that. What does your faith require for God to do in order to show his magnificence, to show his power, to show his authority, to show he's never going to leave you, to show that you ain't never got to be sad, you ain't never got to be down, because you got a God that's bigger than your problem. So what does your faith require from God to receive that touch? Watch the text now. I ain't want to preach this hard. I got to preach at, 11, at 10 o'clock, but here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Now watch this. So verse 42, it says here, and he had only one daughter, about 12 years old, and she lay dying. But as he went the people thronged him as he went me, but as and as Jesus began to go to his house, the people surrounded him. See, Jairus is a ruler, and even 
big people can get knocked down by the storms of life. Even people who you think got it going on can get taken down by the storms of life. Even people who got a whole lot of money. There's some things money can't buy. They got a whole lot of money in the house, but they ain't got no love in the house. They can't buy it nowhere. Because there's some things that money can't buy. Jairus is a ruler of the synagogue. He can give orders and authority for somebody to come and help his daughter. But obviously, I believe, necessary inference, that he tried to get some help, but nobody can help his daughter. And the only person he can think of is Jesus, the man from Galilee. So he goes over to Jesus. And tells Jesus' situation, and Jesus knows his faith is just limited like that. He's going to oblige him and go and heal his daughter. What are you saying, preacher? When you go through the storms, you don't have to go through the storms by yourself. But if you don't tell nobody, if your faith is so limited that you believe somehow you don't need nobody and you can stay isolated all by yourself and work out some storm in your life that, that, that you kind of know, I, I need some help with this. But if you're too prideful or too, too, an ego too big to get the help, then you've limited what God wants to do with you. What do you mean, preacher? That's why God puts you in the church and calls the church a family. He's trying to teach us by using household of faith to show you that there's got to be somebody in the family. I don't care. Uh, we say we brothers and sisters. I don't care if we second cousins on our mother's side. I don't care if we stepbrothers and sisters. I don't care if we foster children. We're in the family. And it's got to be somebody. That can help you when you stand up and say, pray for me, pray, pray for my spiritual growth. It's got to be somebody that can help you to get that spiritual growth you are trying to get, seeing that you can't get it on your own. Discipleship. That's why sometimes we try to grow and we say for years and years and years and years, pray for my spiritual growth, pray for my spiritual growth, pray for my spiritual growth, and nothing's happening. Why? Because there's some things, there's some stretching you can't do on your own. Because the minute you try to do it, you stop yourself. They ain't got it now. Give me, give, give me something else, Lord. Give me something else. Oh, I got it. I want, I want to lose some weight. And try, been trying for a while. Went out and bought a treadmill. Hundreds of dollars. Somebody said, man, don't get that treadmill. You ain't going to use that thing. Oh, yes, I am. All right, all right. I, I ain't going to be like the rest of them guys. They just buy it and they, just, and they don't use it. I'm going to use mine. I got it the first week. I used it. I'm doing it. I, I'm running. I'm doing it. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. But by the end of the week, I'm doing it. But it's lonely. I ain't got nobody to talk to. I ain't got nobody to say, you go, boy. You do what you do. 
do that. Not, not, not that they're trying to do it on my own. You know, nothing. Only thing I see is numbers saying uh, of calories I'm burning up going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, then going up there. And then I realized at the end of the week, or what ended up in that run that day, that session, it said 200 calories I burnt off. Right. Then I went to get a Pepsi and looked on a can and it said 220. Wow. <laughs> All that work I did, I ain't even hit a Pepsi yet. I said, well, how much you got it? And I said, how much I got to be this thing all day long to just to get off two Pepsis? But what I realized I was missing was that somebody to show me and help me to understand how this exercise thing works. And one of the things they say is, it's commitment and it's dedication. And most people can't do it alone. That they need a cheerleader, they need somebody they're working with them. And so I noticed when I bought the treadmill, for one week I did, and after that I was hanging clothes on mine. But then I remember when I used to work out with Brother Keelan at the gym. We will meet every Wednesday and Monday and Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Why? Because I wanted to go? No. But because there was an ex expectation that somebody was waiting for me. I had partnered with somebody to go out and work out with them. And then even though I didn't want to go, once I got started, I felt better with the workout and the fellowship. What are you saying? I'm saying that growing in your spiritual walk is just like exercise. The only way you're going to stretch and be what you're trying to be and that target you're trying to hit is to let somebody help you and hold you accountable for growing. Oh, Lord, help me, Lord. I'm sorry, that's, that's how we are. We are the, the, somebody's brother there. I, I, I can do it by myself. No, you can't. You can't even look in a mirror and be honest with yourself in the morning. You know how we look in the mirror. We're looking there with a tilt. I got, man, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little bit of gray hair. I ain't no little bit of gray hair. I, I, you know what? I need to, yeah, let me get my, I get my sideburns right here. Yeah, and, and, and this, 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 I don't look bad today. I'm looking from the shoulders up. <laughs> That's just because we judge other people hard, but we judge ourselves with a bias. All of us do it, all of us. We judge ourselves with a, a bias, a slant. We won't tell the truth. The truth is, my kids can come and tell me, Dad, you need a haircut. Come on. All right. In my mind, I'm trying to grow a bush. Right. <laughs> that's, that's my slant. That's my slant. Watch the text. So what happens here is, now he's being thrown. I'm just trying to show you this. He's being thrown. Jairus wants him to come and touch his daughter. 
Now, as Jesus began to go and throng means there's so many people around you, they are all just bumping and pressing up against you because it's just so many. They all just want to see you. They want to be close to you. They want to walk by you. They stop it. They talking to you. They back it up. They, you know, they're throng. It's like being on a subway. That's packed and you just got to stand there. People jamming you and banging you and kicking you. And you get to, you know, everybody who had garlic and all of your breath and the flavor. You, you're throng. Jesus' popularity. Everybody wanted to be with him. Everybody wanted to be around him. He was throng. But the text says here in verse number 43, and a woman having an issue of blood 12 years which has spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed. Look at her faith. First, she's thinking, I'm in trouble. I had this issue of blood, this hemorrhaging. I talked to the doctors. Nobody can help me. It's been 12 years. I'm, I, I can't do anything I need to do, and, 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 and I spent all my money. I'm broke now. What am I going to do? Now, let's look at her faith. She could have said, I wish I could just talk to Jesus and see what he had to say about this, but I can't because there's too many people around him. They're around him all night. They're around him all day, and I know where I'm going to be able to get to him. No way I'm going to be able to talk to him. And I've seen him do some wonderful things, but I, I'm not going to be able to do, do anything. It's, everybody else looks like they're blessed and happy. Not me. My job ain't right. My money ain't right. The children ain't acting right. Relationships ain't acting right. Health ain't acting right. Ain't nothing I can do. I'm talking about us. He has all the power. And unlike this woman, we sit down and say, make all these excuses about what we can't do. I ain't never going to have no money. I ain't never going to have decent transportation. I ain't never going to have that house. I ain't never going to have no, my good health back. I'm never going to, people always going to be bothering me. People always going to be messing with me. I got migraine, headache, my back ache, my toe ache, my nail ache, everything ache, everything hurt. Oh, oh, that's terrible. Don't you know the power of self-talk? If you keep telling yourself that, every, you're talking about you don't believe in prophecies. Oh, you do, because you won. You prophesied to yourself everything is all messed up. It is always going to be messed up. It ain't nothing I can do about it. And then you're going to, and you know what you're doing? You're going to heaven. Everybody in Christ who's striving to live right, you're going to heaven. But you're going to heaven the hard way. Pepper said, what's the hard way? Miserable. Broken, say everything wrong. No success, no purpose, no drive, no initiative, no creativity, nothing. That's broken. God said, I read in the word when Peter said, Lord, what we what, 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 what would we get for all this uh, ministry we doing? He said, You can get heaven and you can be blessed down here. This woman must have knew something. Because rather than saying all these things, something popped up in her mind and said, you know what? I don't care about these people. I don't care about this, all, the, the throng. I don't care about, I'm, gonna, I, I'm touching him. So the text says here, 
And the 44, she came behind him. Wait a minute. How in the world do you get behind somebody who is thronged by scores of people? Scores of people. I was thinking about that. How, how did she get to him? Let me just use this word. Obviously, the text says she got to him. So I'm going to say she got to him by any means necessary. I'm going to say she looked for an opening. At the opening was low, she went low. At the opening was at the opening was high. She probably wait till he came upon uh, like it's a little hill here, and and he right here that she measured out, and she just ran and and got on top of the hill, and when she came, she just slid down the hill and got him. I, 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 I don't know how she got him. I don't know. Maybe there was a gap. Maybe there was a gap when the disciples had to switch spots. And she caught the gap just right and got in there and got him. All I know is that woman, according to the text, was tired of having this issue of blood for 12 years, tired of spending all her money on these doctors, tired of all these doctors saying no, and decided, I'm touching Jesus. Soon, you get tired of being sick and tired. Of being sick and tired. You too will connect with somebody and say, help me. Partner with me. Help me to walk with me. Life to life discipleship. So we both can grow and together. And when you see me not living up to the goal that I told you that I'm going after, help me. Tell me. A goal like I want to grow in my prayer life. I want you to call me in the morning and ask me, did I pray this morning? Call me in the afternoon or text me and say, did you pray? Then call me that night and ask me, did I pray? Because that's the only way I could. I've been trying to pray on my own and I just find myself too busy. But if you call me and remind me that I asked you to do this and then hold me accountable for doing this, after a while, I'll make it a habit. Oh, church, church. Church, that, that's how stretching works. Let me finish. Wait, 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 watch this, watch this, watch this, watch the text. Then it says here, came behind him, touched the ball of his garment, and immediately, immediately, the issue stopped. Why? Because of her faith. Because of church, when you can get faith to trust in God, even before the storm clouds dissipate, even before the rain stops falling, even before the flood stops rising, then you're on your way to the floods not rising, the clouds disappearing and the rain not falling because you believe God and you're going to stand right there until God does what he says he's going to do. 
Watch the text. The Bible said here, her faith was so strong, she touched him with his garment, and immediately the, the blood stopped. Obviously not. Now, the meaning of blood stopped, what that mean? That means she felt it stop. Oh, oh church, church, church. In the city, going to be shouting it down. I might go down at 11 o'clock. I don't know about y'all. Immediately, the blood, that issue stopped. And her faith was so impressive. Let's read the text. The text says here, and Jesus said, what did he say, Frazier? Who touched me? Who? Everybody around here, he walking this normal, making his way, probably walking and, you know, talking to his disciples. All of a sudden, boom. Who touched me? Now, I understand Peter. I understand Peter right here. He said here, and when all denied Peter, and they that were with them said, Master, basically, ma are you all right? <laughs> master, master, there's a lot of people out here. The multitude, they're thronging you. The multitude, that they're, they're pressing you. You've been, you've been hit, hit a lot. That's all. You've been hit a lot. What, 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 you, how, so why did you just say, who touched you? Why did you say, who touched me? Because there's a lot of people. <laughs> There's somebody right now. Well. G no, Jesus is dealing not only with the East Baltimore Church of Christ, not only with the church in Miami, the church in London, the church in Central, the church in Suitland, the church in Habity Grace, the church in Howard County, Hoffman County, Massachusetts, Boston, Illinois, uh, Asia, Korea. Jesus is dealing with all of us. Amen. And he can deal with all of us at the same time. But according to what I'm reading in this text, he especially notices, take knowledge of those who have faith to demonstrate powerful things. Faith to do extraordinary things. I got to tell y'all, because y'all, 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 Somebody said, well, show me, what, what you talking about, brother, there? When you got faith to go out knowing you do not have the academic credentials, but say, I'm going out and I'm going to get me a good job. Right. I'm going to get a good job. I know everybody, everybody else thinks they got to get all these credentials and stuff like that. That's why some folks right now got master's degrees, PhDs, and working at McDonald's. It's because along with these credentials, it's all this meeting the right people and right networking and all this other stuff. Cause they saving, they saving jobs for their cousins and their aunts and their uncles and, and their friends. And you just trying to get in there. But great faith me, Lord, even though I did not 
uh, uh, do what I, I should have done and get the credentials right, I'm still believing you that you're going to bless me and you're going to bless me real good and I'm going out and I'm going to just take what I got out there and I'm going to depend on you to give me what you got for me. Lord have mercy. When you got faith like that, watch the text. Then he says here, Jesus said, everybody he 46. Phrase what that 46 say. Hold it. Jesus looked at Peter and the disciples said, I don't care what y'all say. I don't care about this throng. I don't care about this pressing. Somebody touched me. Somebody. See, this touch he's talking about was a touch of faith. A touch of acknowledgement that I am the Messiah. That's right. I am the anointed one. I am the miracle worker. I am the messenger of God. And somebody touched me with that kind of faith. That's who I'm looking for. What does it say, Frazier? For I perceive the power going out of me. Mm. I, I perceive well. that the, 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 the virtue, like he said, the, 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 your virtue, I said the power. Anybody ever prayed and talked to God enough where you can move him on the throne? Amen. Oh, my, my, my. Oh, my, my. Uh, it's in the book. Well. It's, so, how, how do you, wait a minute. You said praying enough or talking to God enough where you can move him on the throne? How did that happen? You ever been between a rock and a hard place? And you ain't know how you was going to get out. And you just prayed. To God, that He would help you. I get, I get you. Let me get you real. Sister Bethia and I, we on the bridge in thundering lightning, rain pouring down. A Mack truck, eighteen wheeler, right beside us. He start coming over. Don't see us. We're right in the middle, and he start drifting up. We on the bridge. There's nowhere else to go but over the bridge. The truck start coming over. We start crying every name of Jesus we knew. <laughs> Yahweh, Elohim, Jesus, Messiah, anointed one. Everything we knew. Stop this truck. And the truck came over, and I went over as close as I could to that railing. We still had probably another 20 yards to go. All of a sudden, the truck went back over in the center lane and we got out of that and I pulled up next to the guy and I said this I wrote him yeah yeah I said man thanks for pulling back over thanks for pulling back over I'm glad you saw us he said I ain't see you he said when I was getting when I was getting over there I changed my mind because I was gonna make a left turn instead of a right turn so I had to pull back into the center lane I said but thank you for letting Jesus use you. <laughs> and some of you have been through a rock in a hard place where you know nobody paid your bill. Nobody gave you a good health report. Nobody gave you that job. Nobody gave you that understanding. Nobody woke you up when you smelled smoke, smoke, my God. 
I should say that's my sermon right there. But I got to finish the text, Troy. Jesus just said that the power had came out of him. The virtue. Jesus said, this woman has so much faith until he got my t- I perceive that she took something from me. Some virtue. Watch the text and I'm done. Here it is. 47. And when the woman saw that she was not hid. That means when she saw that she was boom on the spot. The text says she came trembling, falling down before him. What's this woman afraid of? Well, number one, she's probably afraid of the people looking at her, spotting her out. She probably, when you're talking about being afraid, she realized and understood that how did Jesus, how did he know that I touched him and this thing has happened to me? No one had yet known about this miracle Jesus had performed on the woman. It was, it was done in private. They know what was going on. I believe when you go to Jesus in private sometimes, he'll bless you openly. And the next thing I understand is this woman was just making the reason to touch him publicly and the miracle he did. This woman was just making the reason she touched him public and the miracles he did. So here's what she said. The Bible says here, verse number 47, when she came trembling and falling down before him, she declared it to him before all the people for what cause she had touched them. I came to you, Jesus, because I was in trouble. For 12 years, no money, dead broke, no results. Some clicked and say, you are the answer. That's why I touched you. And then she said, and having touched you and how she was healed immediately. Meaning I touched you and I got a result. And he said unto her, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith, your faith, your faith have made you whole. Your faith, you want to you grow? Have faith to get yourself somebody to help you to grow. Ask God to pray to help send you to somebody to, to hold you accountable and allow yourself to be hold, held accountable if you want a better prayer life, if you want to attend service better, if you want to read your Bible better, if you want God, if you want to be helped to be able to, 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 to maybe, maybe, maybe uh, gossip or maybe hatred or whatever it is, maybe drinking liquor, I don't know, whatever it is, get some help. And let somebody hold you accountable to help you to be all God will have you to be. And then watch yourself grow because of the cause of Jesus Christ. That's why we have family. And that's why God sent the disciples out two by two. Somebody said, why, Brother Bethia? Because when you go out, let me tell you something. I don't know about you. When I was growing up, me and my buddies, we was only bad in bunches. It's four or five of us, man, we talking stuff, man. I knock him out, man. We talking about, I knock him out. I knock him out too, man. Minute we by ourselves. Walking. Ain't saying nothing. Same guys we talking about knocking out, they come to you. What's up, Doc? <laughs> 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 
Why? Because you feel courage when everybody around. You feel strength when everybody around. Even Proverbs says that. Strength, a double four, a double cord is strong, but a three cord, four cord is not easily broken. There's strength in partnership, strength and accountability. You want to be more than you are right now in Christ. You want to grow stronger, get closer to him, love him more, team up with somebody. You want to know God's word to more? Study the Bible with somebody. You want to have greater faith? Hang around somebody and let them hold you accountable. And if you do that, God is going to bless you. So the title of my lesson was what? When you need a touch. What was it again? When you need a touch. God has made it so. That you can touch him anytime. He also made it so that we should be able to touch one another at any time and be able to grow in his kingdom. May God bless you. May heaven smile upon you. If you're out there and you're subject to the Savior's invitation, you hear God's word, believe God's word, repent of your sin, confess your faith in Christ, and get yourself baptized into Christ for the remission of your sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you're out there, you're subject to the Savior's invitation, and, you know, and, and if you haven't obeyed the gospel and you're visiting with us, you need a touch. And God can touch you right now, and he stands ready to touch you right now. All he said was, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That means he that believeth and is baptized going to get a touch. If you want your touch this morning, hear God's word, believe God's word, repent of your sin, confess your faith in Christ, and be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sin. Come and get your touch right now as we all stand and say the hymn of invitation. 902.